Welcome to the latest episode of the Brushbuilders Union podcast. I'm your host, Simon Berman, General President of the Brushbuilders Union. And this month, I am joined by Mark Henry, who is owner and operator of GoblinsHut.com, who are the exclusive North American distributor of the Dirty Down products, Dirty Down Rust, Moss, and Verdigree, which have kind of been taking the uh, hobby in Warhammer world by storm for the past six months. And I'm really excited to talk about those products and what's going on for the future. So, uh, Mark, welcome again. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, uh, it's funny. I started kind of seeing the Dirty Down products getting po- pointed out, I think maybe a couple months after Adepticon. I feel like I first kind of became aware of them back in like May, June. Um, the Rust in particular, people were going nuts with it for like Necromunda terrain and stuff. And uh, <laughs> just the buzz growing has been really fantastic. So uh, you sent me some samples, which is very cool. I used the Moss myself. We can talk about that some more later. But uh, yeah, tell me what what is GoblinsHut.com and uh, how did you get there? So we are the North American distributors for Dirty Down, as you uh, described. Um, that journey started a, a long time ago, but we also uh, distribute a number of other products or will be soon. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, how we got here is is hell of a story. It's still just becoming real to me as I transitioned to full time about three weeks ago. Quit my job of 17 years <laughs> to do this. Um, oh, wow. It was uh, a fun step, but it, it's uh, it's dangerous when you can justify any hobby purchase as a yeah. as a write off. Yeah. <laughs> I know that struggle. Um, as for how I got here, um, I started playing 40k around sixth edition. Uh, once 40k rolled over to eighth, um, I can even go back earlier than that. Yeah, um, how, did, how did you get into the hobby? How, what, what got you into miniatures? Well, I thought, I thought miniatures were a scam for a really long time growing up. So I, I got into it late in the game. <laughs> yeah, you I've know never heard that, that before. I want to let's explore that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always played video games and um, play magic and, and and talk about scams. Play magic for, yeah. for quite a while, <laughs> and um, I had a friend take me to the last games day in Baltimore in the U.S. before. Um, they stopped doing those. Oh, and yeah. Back in the 2000s, I, I think, right? Uh-huh. And I, I looked around, and I saw everybody putting, like, uh, pulling out the sprues, didn't even know what they were called at the time, and painting their own models, but chart paying $50 for a box or something like that. And and I was like, I, I saw the artwork on the box, and I was like, what, are you kidding me? Like, uh, why... Uh, you can just play a video game. Why would you ever yeah. <laughs> buy a box for 50 bucks and they somehow get you to buy into this idea that you build it yourself, you paint it yourself. Like they're they're do, you're doing all the labor for them. They're, you're, they're selling you broken toys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um you're doing the factory worker's job, but uh but they don't have to pay you for it. Um but I got sucked into it. Um, the games day, uh, hearing that before they opened the doors um, and seeing what people were capable of along with the game, which is, what is truly what drew me in. Um, the competitive aspect at the time, which is what I was looking for at the time. Sure. Um, sucked me in. And so I sold all of my magic cards in order to buy into 40K and it wasn't nearly enough money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what was your we, first army? It's the worst one. Uh, <laughs> um, I I looked for something that looked easy to paint, and so I walked into the store and saw the broadside battle suits for Tau that had just released like 
well, uh-huh. not recently, but the newest version of them at the time released. And I, and I had no idea what sort of hate I would get when I picked up that <laughs> art. <laughs> and I, I also didn't realize that I just missed the boat on how good the towel were sure. at the time. Um, so got in its sixth edition and, um, there's a great community that, that at the time, uh, blade Sword gaming that played at games and stuff in Maryland, um, that, uh, significantly sized. Everybody was very competitive, lots of tournaments, that sort of thing. And that's, we'll call those the dark times of my hobby progress. Uh-huh. Um, with competitive gaming, I can be as serious as it needs to be, mm-hmm. but I also feel terrible when the person across from the table from me is not enjoying themselves. So it's a lose-lose situation. Right. <laughs> Either I'm losing yeah. the game or I'm losing the bigger game, which is, uh, do is this person, are other people going to want to play with me again? Right. Am I, am I, am I failing to make friends here? Exactly. Yeah. And um, fortunately, I found a eject button for that. Um, when Her- when 40K rolled over to 8th edition, I didn't want to learn a new rule set. And um, I thought I was going to switch over to Age of Sigmar. I bought some Putrid Blight Kings, which we'll circle back to later. Okay. Um, painted up five of those guys. It was lots of fun. I loved the scheme. I felt really confident in it. Um, and got pulled into a horse heresy escalation league um, by my cousin who I hadn't hung out with for ages, but was close to me in an age range. And we are best of friends now, along with the same group of guys that uh, were in that escalation league. Very cool. Um, I said it was a escape or eject button. Um, that's because the heresy community just felt very different to me. And I understand that every community is different. But um, this, the local community, along with the, uh, I don't know what to call it, uh, like a super local community, um, Mm -hmm. the group that plays at the Nova Open, um, and some of the guys that come down from other places on the East Coast, or a lot of the groups that were at Adepticon at the time, um, were a collaborative group, a a community that encouraged narrative gaming gaming over competitiveness. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a style of play that I hadn't seen before, where you go to the table and you shake your the guy across the table's hand, um, and you're you're there to have a good time, not to figure out how to take all the objectives or how to eke out the secondary victory points or anything like that. You're there to tell a story together, right? That's been my experience with Heresy. Exactly, and it really jived with um, a lot of my. RPG hobby experience of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a collaborative effort where we're we're all here to have a good time, and the point of the game is different. Uh, yeah. At least it it was with me at the time, um, and along with that came hobbying to a level that I never reached for before, mm-hmm. um, and it took me a while to to get there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that's it's everybody's on a journey with their hobby, right? There's there's no actual endpoint to it unless you stop. Um, you know, you're, you're always learning, you're doing something new. But, uh, so what, what what was the army that got you into heresy and that you, you started, you know, like elevating your, your hobby focus with? Uh, it took two heresy armies to really elevate. Yeah. <laughs> <my hobby. laughs> uh, I, I, I jumped onto World Eaters uh, initially. Okay. Which were, you know, I my friends joke that I learned the game one phase at a time. Um, Tau was shooting and close combat with World Eaters. Right. And, um, 
you know, I still haven't really gotten around to psyching, but one day, sure. Um, I moved to combine the two in a Mechanicum army. Um, Mechanicum and Heresy gives you a, a wide range oh, of yeah. potential armies. Um, do you have a Heresy army? I do. Uh, I'm actually painting up my. I just finished my 2,000 points of Sons of Forest. I started with the Age of Darkness box and some other stuff, and I am working on working towards 3,000 points by the end of the month. Oh man, There's so many good box sets: Kalth, Prospero, and now um, is it just Age of Darkness box? Age of Darkness is the new starter, yeah, with the uh, the Spartan and everything. I'm, I'm actually, I actually, this is actually my second attempt at Heresy. I kind of got into it a few years ago with Kalth. Um, ah. I had kind of an aborted uh, Alpha Legion project that I was just never happy with, and ended up uh, selling to a buddy. But uh, my hobby skills have come a very long way since then, so I'm kind of really trying to do it up with my Sons of Horus. If you look at the Brushwilders Union Instagram, I actually just posted all of my my dudes for my, t- my initial 2,000 points along with a little bit of lore. Um, oh, man. Sons of Horus color scheme is, is gorgeous, and you definitely did them more than justice. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I, I weathered the hell out of them, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I did, I did some, like, some chipping on the vehicles and stuff, so uh, yeah, it's been it's been a good time, but... Uh, that's my my baby right now is my sense of horse, and I'm working towards probably 3,500 points by early December. Ooh, that's the danger with heresy, right? Is your the inflate points inflate so fast? Yeah, although I, I will say, you know, right now I'm painting my second 20 man tactical squad, which I admit is a slog. <laughs> um, but after that, it's all fun stuff for a while. Like I'm gonna do, a, I'm kit bashing a chieftain squad. I got like uh, I got some tanks and stuff to add. So it's actually it's after the twenty man tactical squad. The the remaining thousand points I got to paint to thirty five hundred is actually not so many models. So it'll be okay. But yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of in that that painting up my you know fortieth tactical marines doldrums right now. But oh, I can see man. the end in sight. Well, it it is a slog, and you know they say uh, I hear from non heresy uh, enthusiasts that thirty uh, k is just marine on marine, and it couldn't be farther from the truth which uh, as i mentioned with mechanicum um colts and hordes solar ox and my the army that i did actually step up uh for my most recent one is my uh what i lovingly call my covid demons yeah let's hear about those um well i uh previously worked in the event production industry and as you can imagine covid was not kind <laughs> yeah to that to that group and um so i found myself with a lot of free time on my hands very quickly sure. and um i channeled that like many people did into the hobby and um but with the goal and intention of building a non-standard army um combined out of uh, models that were all it didn't start this way, but it grew into the goal of no GW models, no Forge Ward models, oh, wow. or at least none that are unkitbashed. Um, and uh, Demons of the Roomstorm in Horus Heresy gives you the freedom to build a force like that. They actually only prescribe base sizes, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, you can go wild with that. Um, so uh, I pulled from every third-party manufacturer that I could think of. At the time, 3D printing wasn't quite where it was right now, but... Um, I have things from Rotten Butchery, Creature Caster, um, uh, Mirs Miniatures, uh, a few 3D printed models, Titan Forge, Pro, Prodros, Prodros, Prodos Games, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, there's plenty of them out there. A lot of Simon board games, uh, Cool Mini or Not board games, and, um, even some custom sculpts. Uh, one, uh, I am proud to say that I own a, a one of ten 
personal scope sculpt by Cohen Terra and Cohen Terra Designs. That is uh, Asmodeus from Diablo Three. Oh, very cool! And that's my uh, Arch Demon of the Ruin Storm. Awesome. Um, but that the scheme for that came from those five putrid Blight Kings uh, that I started to paint from AOS, and mm-hmm. with the exception of uh, I was really unhappy with the armor scheme. Okay. Um, if you look at that standard box scheme, there's a, a green armor that's relatively flat. The edges are highlighted by uh, just some bright uh, green, but uh, Caliban green is the base color, and it's, yeah. it's very muted compared to the other fleshy tones um, where you have bruised skin of, of purples and reds, caribou crimson, and druchy violet. Oh. Sure. Please excuse me if I misname any of these shades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's when I came across uh, a page on Instagram. Uh, I, I actually, the the army and the Instagram diving into that, uh, I had just gotten on Instagram for the first time, but I went in with the goal of being interested in the systems of how it worked and very curious about it with the intention of building a page. Um, just for the sheer fun and boredom of that COVID time for me. Um, but I came across a page, uh, Luke Mockridge, a tutorial that he posted. Uh, he was working on his depth guard at the time. Okay. And I saw his rust and I went, that, that is what I want for my stuff. Yeah. I need that. And he had a tutorial where he used a paint called Model Mates. And he described it and he showed pictures in a way where I was just like, I do not believe that this is possible. I I DM'd him. I asked a bunch of questions and I said, I don't understand how you achieve this. He said, just look, apply it with this in this way. Take two scoops or four scoops of this and two scoops of this and one drop of this and put it together, mix it up and apply it. And you will get that result. I said, great, but I I can't find the paint anywhere. Um, I searched, did a deep dive for research for model mates rust. And it seemed to be a line that was discontinued. Mm-hmm. And, um, the only lead I found is I stumbled across, uh, Roman Lapot's massive voodoo page where he had a tutorial on model mates rust effects. It's showing very similar effects to what Luke Mockridge showed. Mm-hmm. And down in the comments, it uh, somebody said, you know, they rebranded. They rebranded to a company called Dirty Down Rust. And oh. I searched for that. And I couldn't find a single hobby shop that had heard of it before. or And it wasn't available on Amazon, but I did find a link on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I am not proud to say this, but it was such a good effect that I ordered one pot to get shipped to me from the UK uh, for, I think it was $65 at the time. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Um, But I said, if this is what I think it is, it is worth it. Yeah. Brought it home, tried it, got it here, um, took forever for the shipping, um, but showed up on my doorstep. Turns out the reason why shipping was so expensive is, is you actually need all of these certifications to ship it appropriately. And it's really expensive to ship that way. That's a whole other story. Uh-huh. Um, but I used it. It worked. And I immediately bought four more bottles for $50 a pop. 
because I said it went out of business one time. It could do it again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's where the, the journey began. Um, yeah. I, I experimented with it for quite a while. And thanks to a lot of guidance that I got from Luke, um, from Luke Mockridge and, um, a ton, six months about of experimenting on my own. Um, I started to get an itch in the back of my mind that maybe this is something that other people would want to see, um, because starting to use that along with, um, having an army of models that most people hadn't seen before drew a lot of attention to my page at the time in terms of growth. Mm-hmm. I'm just, awesome uh, stuff. um, yeah. So, so what is it about this, this dirty down rust that you like so much that, you know, that made you, you know, not, not just a, a customer, but you bought the company. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a big question. Um, I, I'm not the type to gamble um and my wife my wife's family like to go to uh various casinos and spend money and i'm always the dude in the back just like sipping drinks waiting sure um and when it comes to risk it uh, it better be a damn calculated risk (laughs) and um when i got this i knew it was special because um while there's a feeling you get when you, what I got, then I've seen it in many other people that have seen the videos that I've posted either on the website or uh, on Instagram, when they watch it dry in a time-lapse for that first time, I saw it in person, but uh, other people get the opportunity to skip five minutes forward, um, Mm -hmm. where you wash it on just like a wash. And then somehow magically you get this wide gradient of color that ranges from deep reddish browns all the way up through mid oranges and yellows and even white with, with applying water that like there is, there is nothing else out there that does anywhere close to what this stuff does. Um, I have funny conversations with stores when I'm talking to them the first time. They're like, oh, it's like contrast paint. It's like, mm, it's like contrast paint, but also uh, enamels because you can remove it. But it's not like either of those because, right. well, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's wild stuff. You know, when I, when I first saw some pictures of it, I was like, I had assumed that it was, you know, an application of like the rust texture and then it had been, you know, dry brushed and prayed up. I was like, oh, wait, no, that's actually just what it looks like after it dries. <laughs> that, that blew my mind. It has a really unique texture to it. If you see it applied on a flat surface, which isn't the recommended way to do it, but on a flat surface, you get these. This it's not a ripple. The moss is a great version of it. It looks like there are darker areas, uh, but micro textures to it that um, bring out other colors. Um, and textures along with the gradient. There's a subtle texture there that, that builds up with it. And um, But the, the magic is what it does, but I think what it's also um, more than the application, single application for different colors, it's the capability for anybody to then achieve an effect that was previously yeah. reserved to scale modelers or people who used niche... Um, types of paints um what's now becoming more mainstream but enamels and um solvent based stuff like tamia and 
um, or oils that are that are just now sort of weaving their way into the general knowledge of and capability of most people. Um, yeah. or, or stuff that you could do with you know traditional acrylics, but it would take you you know hours and hours and hours to build up something that, you know simulated that effect. Exactly, and this many, just, many just slap on. Coats. Yeah, <laughs> anybody can do that and achieve the effect, and then also. Um, you know, it's on a number of Golden Demon entries this past year. People who are very capable, Roman Lapot, I already mentioned, are using it in amazing works of art on top of um, or using the more intricate applications um, where you can remove it with water um, or dial it back or streak with it or do any uh, – I know I'm rambling at this point, but it's just because I'm in love with the stuff. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool stuff. You know um... – I, I generally, I'm, I'm pretty uh, careful about what I what I endorse or say is great, and you know it was very cool. You sent me the the, the um, sample bottles. Um, I've only had time to mess with the, the moss. Um, I've got a little uh, Baron's War 13th century medieval terrain project been working on next month, um, oh. and uh, I had done up a, a stone village cross um, using uh, the artist Opus dry brush method, which was my my uh, uh, interview last month. Um, they were very kind to send me some brushes, that, which is a very cool product in and of itself. But I was like, that'd be a great place to try out the moss. And, you know, when, when we've been introduced, um, that was the one I went for. So, uh, you know, this past weekend, I, I, you know, I didn't know, really, I didn't get into like any, um, you know, a big detailed project, but, you know, I, I finished my dry brushing, uh, stone cross, and then I just applied some of the, uh, the moss stuff. And, uh, you know, I didn't put a lot of work into it, but it came out looking awesome. I want to put a link to the, my, what I did in the, the show notes and you know i'm sure if i spent more time i could have gotten much more subtle effects and all but i, I thought it was it was a great yeah, out of the pot one pot solution to create this very cool um very realistic moss effect i've never seen anything like it anywhere else yeah i saw that picture and uh i was really impressed with i mentioned the speckling that you got that mirrored in my mind a lot of the different um, vibrancies that you can get out of real moss, something deep and green in the recesses and uh, building up to spots here and there of brighter uh, greens and yellows. Um, it it looked really good. And yeah, it, for you. to have that be yeah. the first application for you is is fun. Yeah, and I mean, I, I really, I didn't do anything special. You know, I, I had dry brushed this model with, using the artist Opus brushes, which is a little bit different than, you know, like the old school dry brushing, but still, um, you know, just add some, some, uh, t- some, different color uh um, or i should say some intensity of color across the model in various places and when i applied the moss on um you know i just kind of wiped it off like the, it says on the bottle here and there um and you know in some places where you know it kind of underpainted a lighter highlight and it, it, it gave it that very realistic modeled moss look um and i was i was very stoked about it because it, it was it was no work at all you know i spent five minutes working with the the moss effects and uh it, it came out looking super cool well i'm glad you had a success with it um there's stumbles often uh, in the very uh, first tries for a lot of people. Um, 99.9% of the time when somebody reaches out to me that's that's saying that there's some trouble and I serve as a troubleshooting nexus for my retailers as well. Um, The issue is um, it's a different paint and it's got to be treated differently. And I don't even like calling it a paint. Special effect liquid I think is more appropriate application because uh, if you have the time Take the bottle after it's been sitting for a while and flip it upside down. You can see just how much this stuff settles. And uh, before I got a Vortex mixer, um, it I shook until my arm was sore. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, some people have come up with some great uh, tips for getting started. Um, but the the basic piece of advice that I give everybody is 
mix it until all of the solids are mixed in. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you'll end up with an effect that's uh, dark and glossy. Um, but that's that's the telltale sign of hey, you just need to mix the pot. And um, the next piece of advice I give most people to sort of kick things up a notch is you'll still get um, the rust will give you uh, an orange to deep brownish red gradient initially, and once you add water, it starts to bring out the magic of the effect, especially when it comes to texture and detail, yeah. which help it shine even beyond that rather than just applying to a flat surface. So multiple layers is kind of the, the key for that one in particular. Not layers. Um, although you can layer it up, it will get darker. Um, if you apply the dirty down paint and then while it's wet, immediately apply water to it is my method. Um, I know uh, one of my retailers, Fenris Workshop, likes to uh, apply water first, uh, just stipple water on the space and then dab their brush on with the, the rust, sort of wash it on over the water. Uh-huh. The water um, the water creates a gradient that is more natural looking than applying water after the fact. Interesting. If you do that, you'll get a sort of coffee stain look of a very bright spots, which can be feathered out just with water um, to, to be more natural. But um, you'll see why if you do it dry and do it wet right next to each other, you'll see the the huge difference that that makes. Sure. Yeah, it seems like a very forgiving process on the whole. You can kind of go back in there with, with, and clean up even after it's dry to some extent, can't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um just like enamels, instead of using mineral spirits to remove and um, modify enamels, you can do that with just water. You can streak wow. with it. I did a wow. great class with Dan Osborne at Nova that um, he fortunately let me uh, step in for a portion of um, towards the end where we had people that were, were streaking on tanks after they learned a whole bunch of weathering steps from Dan. Um, and you can always go back and do that rather than where enamels will uh, cure. And yeah. you won't be able to remove them again. Dirty Down is always in a position where you can go back and modify it. So it's um, dry to the touch and totally fine for tabletop use. Move it around, play with your minis. I have 5,000 points of demons that are a testament to <laughs> the durability <laughs> yeah. of, of Dirty Down on the tabletop. Um, but if you do want to go back and add to it or change it later, you can just take a wet brush with water and go to town. Very cool. And uh, so right now there's, there's three and they all work sort of similarly, right? You've got the verdigris, the moss and the rust. Um, <clears throat> I, I, as I said, I've only used the moss, but I'm definitely going to use that rust for some terrain products I'm going to be doing next year for Necromunda. Oh, um, perfect. Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty stoked about it. I've, I've actually been, I was, just, I was stressing out like what rust should I use to do these vehicles, these, these, these dilapidated domes and stuff. And I'm pretty stoked to have found this stuff, which seems awesome for it. Um, but actually what, here's a question. What is the origin of these paints? Cause I believe it isn't necessarily in the, the hobby miniatures world, is it? Oh, you know, I've been rambling so much that I forgot about the the coolest part. <laughs> um, the r- liquid effects, which we have here, along with the sprays, the, the Dirty Down is a series of sprays that we're actually bringing in um, probably in January. It'll be available for purchase on oh, my wow. website. A, a few select retailers that are listed on my website right now have them, but we brought in a test batch that so people are playing with it. But the sprays and the liquid effects were used in uh, have their origins in TV and film and are used in special effects by prop masters oh, and wow. costumers to um, you can see them in the original star Wars, the new star Wars, Pirates of the Caribbean, James Bond, alien. Um, 
Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, yeah. <laughs> the first episode of the new Game of Thrones, you can see Dirty Down Rust on the Iron Throne arm. Super cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's the first episode of the, the original Game of Thrones series. You can see the Vertigree in that episode, too. Wow. Um, so it's, um, it's a fun selling point. Um, yeah. But people have been using these materials to create uh, realistic effects very reliably and sure. incredibly quickly uh, you know when, even when you're on a movie budget um, and that's what they'll save you most is time um, yeah. instead of investing multiple paints and layering up those colors waiting for them to dry just do it once and you're done like that's that's, that's the magic cool. so and uh, I guess from the props world they kind of leaked into scale modeling and is that is that about where you found them sort of I didn't, you know, it's funny. If you look on dirtydown.co.uk, you can see a map of the retailers in the entire world. Um, and uh, there you can see that most of the retailers that are um, outside of North America um, are prop houses, are um, stage supplies, theater yeah. supply stores. And when I talked to some of these people initially, uh, especially I've had the great opportunity to talk with um does uh the australian distributor uh who has a number of great videos on how to use the sprays on his website they hadn't even considered wargaming as an application wow. yeah. um the owner of dirty down though did and it turns out that um they didn't shut down the the model uh supply the, the model mates line because of any issue there it was just the the demand on the film side was so great that they had a hard time yeah uh keeping up and needed to focus on uh what was the most important to them at the time um but since then has become this revolution um this revitalization of the line and we i think this is the first time i've talked about this in public but we're bringing back other colors that are from the model mate line and oh, yeah um working with the owner of dirty down to um, pick and choose the shades that are best. And the first one of those is uh, a blue verdigree that acts as a sort of highlight to normal verdigree and a, a yellow rust that gives you a, a fresher rust look um, newer, something that hasn't had the time to oxidize and degrade yeah. into a darker color over time. Awesome. Um, along with uh, the sprays that I mentioned, which are very different. Um, they don't provide the same look as the liquid effects, but they operate really similarly as they're, they can be removed with water and um, reapplied and worked and blended together to create some gnarly weathering and aging effects yeah. with just, just the spray. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about the sprays. Because, um, you know, particularly, I'm, th I'm excited about hearing about those because I, I have this, this big terrain project for next year. And mm. as much as I love the rest stuff, the idea of having to hand brush as much terrain as I'm thinking about is a little <laughs> intimidating. So if there's a, if there's some kind of rust option in a spray, I'm, I'm all ears about that. Well, I can tell you one of my personal projects right now, it's fresh sitting on my garage floor uh, this very minute, is uh, an all-spray Necromunda board um, where you build up from primer to base coat. Um, and I'm still doing tests here and there, but uh, to primer zenithal base coat and bring it up even higher than you normally would just like the uh the now widespread slap chop method <laughs> uh -huh. uh -huh. calling it this month. <laughs> yeah exactly there you go 
um, and then bring it back down with the dirty down sprays. And um, I have a, a four by eight board for Necromunda, mostly to be used in Zone Mortalis for Heresy. Wow. Um, that uh, I'm I'm working on getting tutorials out, so you should see that I in the next month or so. It. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I will be eagerly awaiting the uh, the release of that stuff. <laughs> Um, the, the rust is, um, the rust among the other sprays is something that, um, like the liquid effects were new to the modeling world. The sprays applications are just beginning, uh, brainstorming. Yeah. I had six months to experiment with the liquid effects before I said, Hey, now they're available. Um, and with the sprays, I'm just getting my hands on them now. Although, uh, others have had the chance to work with them more. And while it's used by cosplayers and prop masters, I think there's also a wonderful terrain or even army based, uh, you know, instead of washing a single model at a time, you can wash an entire army with dirty yeah. down spray at once and then remove it at your leisure. Um, you can get a, a gradient that's never been seen before. That sounds very cool. So what, what are the, um, or soon to be available sprays? Ooh, um, there are 10. I oh, don't know more than the three I was expecting. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, again, they're very different than the liquid effects. Liquid effects sure. have their specific uses. Um, the sprays range in color from, they're all named after uh, typical movie colors. Uh, so I have nicotine yellow is one that's used most often. <laughs> 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 that gives you a sense of the sort of grossness wow. that's applied from there. Uh, mold, and then just into your normal colors, which is uh, mid-brown, dark brown, black, soot black. Um, gray, khaki, and ash blonde. I think that's, I don't know how many that is off the top of my head. Somebody's that's super correct. cool. And all of them have these sort of, they all, they all work in roughly the same way as the, uh, the, the liquid effects or? No, all the sprays work, work similarly to each other. They're very different than the liquid oh, effects I, themselves. I misunderstood. Um, so what, how, what, how does the application process work for those then? So, uh, the similarity between the two are they can be applied and then taken away or reduced uh, or modified with water. So oh, that, that's like what I meant effect. by the similarity. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, so just like that, that, that you still have that capability to um, to revise your work. And um, they're a little more, so far in my experimentation on um, non-varnished surfaces, um, I had tested on Xander Dust, Wraithbone, White Primer, uh, along with a couple other rattle cans from my local hardware store. Um, they seem to leave behind more color than the liquid effects. Okay. Um, and, uh, but those after varnishing, um, so if, if you varnish any one of those with like a gloss coat, it's you can remove almost all of it at that point. Gotcha. Um, and um, while there are very specific varnishes to be used with the liquid effects to retain the color gradient that you have on there, um, my favorite being Vallejo Satin Thin with AK High compatibility through an airbrush. Um, just drop that in there real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, um, the sprays can be varnished with no impact on their color. Oh, cool. Um, so uh, you can then go on and add layers and use it as a sort of wash effect, like you would yeah. a streaking grime or something like that. Sure, sure. No, that's, that's really cool. And do you see a lot of like potential for interactivity between the, the, the different shades? Like, you know, would you, would I, could you see somebody, you know, using the rust and the nicotine or the rust and the, the, the ash blonde together? 
You could absolutely um, use them independently, like we do with Nolan Oil or Agrax Earthshade. Um, but there are recommended color blends that go together, sets of four sprays that uh, can build up a realistic gradient on a, a larger terrain piece. Awesome. Um, so it's not as uniform as, um, even though the texture you get won't be uniform, um, whether through your use of water and sponges to create this texture uh, or um, the sort of dusting that the, um, it's a, I'm told it's a proprietary a proprietary nozzle that mists finer than anything you can get in the States. So this paint starts to dry before it touches, it hits the uh, paint. Um, it hits the, the terrain. That's um, cool. I lost track of the answer question I was answering. <laughs> uh, using the sprays <laughs> together in a complementary fashion. Oh yeah. So there's, there's whole sets that work well together. Uh, one of the most basic is, um, you know, there's plenty of people that cross hobbies, uh, but there's so, you know, I play RPGs, Pathfinder, D&D, that sort yeah, of thing, sure. and I wargame. Um, one of the things that I like for, for that when I'm GMing is handouts. And so having, you know, everybody knows the old tried and true uh, aging paper with coffee yeah. or tea or something like that. And this, there's a, a whole set of four sprays that allows you to get a uh, ancient aged paper look in literally one minute or less. Oh, wow. um, and then four sprays for sort of props and train. And that's what I'm targeting initially with, with my favorites. I, I don't know the four off the top of my head, but I believe it's black, mid Brown, dark Brown and uh, Ash blonde to get a sort of burnt gradient. But I've been having fun on my Zomortalis board with those large sewer crates with mid Brown mold and nicotine yellow to create sort of, just like my demons, uh, kind of yeah. grossness to it. Awesome. Yeah, it, it's it, some of the models I've seen painted with this stuff. You know, you, you just look at it and it's like this is disgusting. I'm really impressed by it. <laughs> well, that's that's what drew me in on top of the uh, the gore, nasty look of my uh, my goblins is as my my three year old daughter at the time used to call them. I had my robots, which were the space marines, and my goblins which is where my Instagram handle came from. Sure. That's very cool. Yo, yeah. So that's, that's where Goblin's Huts, that name comes from, huh? There you go. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> all, all, this is all my daughter's fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so later this winter, January, you think those sprays are going to be available? In, uh, the US? Yes. Um, you can actually, there, there are six retailers right now in the United States that have them or will have them in their hands by, um, November 10th. Oh, wow. Um, we, we brought in a, a test batch, as I mentioned earlier, and um, across four days, they were gone. Um, and so we're starting to see what people are capable of. And because that was so successful, uh, I didn't even have the chance to post any on my website. But um, once the larger um, shipment comes in, just like the liquid effects, there's a number of... Um, hazardous materials consideration because it's flammable goods and aerosols and this, that, sure. and the other. Um, so it has to come by sea and right. that takes time. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's a quick question. Um, talking about hazardous materials. Um, as far as the sprays, are there any particular safety precautions you need to take that you wouldn't take with a normal spray rattler? Like your rattle can like doing it outside or in a well-ventilated area. I would absolutely take whatever steps that you, you normally take with other rattle cans. Um, mm -hmm. With the liquid effects, uh, I know to each their own. I, I, tend to take the same precautions that I would take using enamels. Um, there are 
you know, it's certainly not something where you want to lick your brush. Right. And um, prolonged exposure to large amounts it will definitely make you dizzy. <laughs> sure. But um, I would not, uh, I wouldn't recommend drinking an acrylic, and I certainly don't recommend drinking Dirty Death. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as the sprays, though, just standard rattle can procedures are going to do just fine. Yeah, you're fine with that. Cool. I, I know that uh, the enamels and mineral oils in that uh, can be real dangerous. When, yeah, uh, you, know, I, you hear about like, people using the Alclad stuff, and right, you got to have like an actual respirator to mess with that stuff. So, I'm looking at a bottle of that right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Outside, uh, well ventilated area. Wear a mask if uh, if you want to be extra safe. And um, but follow the directions on the can. I I haven't. Uh, Played with them more than than that safety procedure. Sure, right on. Cool. So uh, again, come January, all this is going to be available through goblinshut.com. Is that correct? That's right. And if you sign up for the Brush Wielders Union, you can also get access to a special code where you'll get a discount for that. Yeah. Thanks again. That was super generous of you. I think it's going to be fifteen percent off. Is that correct? That's right. Awesome. And uh, yeah, if you're a full member of the Brush Wielders Union, you're going to have a members only post going up shortly after this podcast. It's going to give you. Uh, the Disco of the Goblin's Hut website. So, uh, yeah, Mark, thanks again. That was very cool of you. Cool. And uh, Mark, man, thanks again. That was super generous of you. Um, and it's been great talking about all this cool stuff. Thanks for having me. It's uh, really exciting. And as you can see, I get really worked up about the uh, enthusiasm of everything. I'm still having fun and discovering new ways. And now that uh, Dirty Down is in people's hands, they're, I'm learning every day uh, about new ways of application. So uh, I'm really excited for it to be out there more. Brushbuilders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brushbuilders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushbuildersunion.com. Mm-hmm.